0: Well, hello, boys and girls. It's me, Dave McMahon. Welcome to my live radio show called Unleashed. And I'm happy you could be here with us. I think you're really going to enjoy my special guest today. His name is Jason Shute. Jason is a 6th degree black belt martial artist he is a professional dog trainer uh, located in Guelph, Ontario super passionate about animals and helping people with their dogs he also has a passion for cooking Uh, he is a world traveler, he is an ice bath devotee so you'll learn about ice bath for optimum health I'm getting shrinkage right now thinking about it, ice bath ooh, cold water, but it is good for you, and I may even try it someday. So we've got a lot of topics to cover. We're going to be talking dogs, dog training, going to be talking martial arts. Jason is also an accomplished musician, and I'm sure there's a few other things that I've left out. Uh, Hey, Jason, good to sit down and have a chit-chat with you again. Great, Dave. Awesome to be here, as usual. Yeah,
1: man. How you been keeping? I've been doing really well, thanks. I've been sort of uh, taking the summer off uh, from a lot of my work. So it's adventure season now, so this is my prime time to shine, to get out into the woods, to get out into the the mountains, the backcountry,
0: and live it up. Good for you, man. Good for you. You shut her down in the summertime, no dog training, Mm -hmm. and you're concentrating on yourself and keeping healthy, and you're doing lots of physical stuff outdoors and cooking outside. Oh, yeah. How is your sweetie doing?
1: Oh, she's doing great. Absolutely great.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and you guys are traveling together? Yeah, in fact, um, on Sunday, we're
1: going out for 14 days uh, together, backcountry. We're going out to some backcountry lakes, and we're going to set up a camp and have a great time out there for about two weeks. Oh,
0: very, very nice. Sounds exciting. Oh, yeah, can't wait. And, of course, we're going to want you to re- reveal for us uh, where in the back country. You don't have to tell us your exact location. It's not like we're going to go there and find you no, yeah, naked no, in the water with your sweetie. Yeah, well, there's, there's, We're not trying to
1: infringe. For sure. There's no way you're going to find me anyway, even if you wanted to. Even if the search <laughs> and rescue guys
0: came out, they're probably not going to find me. You're off the goddamn grid, off brother. Off the grid, bro. So we want to, yeah. we want to certainly talk about that. Yeah. Uh, but as I mentioned, you're a professional dog trainer. Many years ago, you apprenticed under me, did a... A very intensive one-year internship under me at the Dave McMahon Dog Academy, and you are a phenomenal student, by the way. Uh, and after completing your intensive apprenticeship program with me and with your beautiful dog named Jed at the time... You went on to apprentice with uh, many other uh, uh, world-renowned trainers. Uh, Can you tell us about that? Yes,
1: indeed. Um, I I went on uh, from you. I went on to uh, train with Michael Ellis at the Michael Ellis School in Santa Rosa, California. Um, And I trained extensively with Michael Ellis, uh, which I really got a lot out of. Um, And then from there, I also went on to train with Ivan Balabanov in his Training Without Conflict Uh, play-based system of dog training. In fact, um, I was the first Canadian dog trainer to be certified by Ivan Balabanov as a Training Without Conflict official trainer.
0: Excellent. Congratulations on Thank that. You. Thank you. Your passion just keeps growing and growing and it's it's lifetime learning with anything and especially with the dog training. You just keep learning and learning. You don't stop.
1: Oh yeah. Well, well that's the thing. I think that that, that should be a sort of a generalized statement for life in general, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what you're doing, you, especially if whatever field you are in, if you're not keeping up, if you're not continually to continually learning, well then you're hitting the wall and and that's over
0: exactly exactly and uh, and learning doesn't stop when you when you
1: stop learning you're dead it doesn't it doesn't stop <clears> and, and and we never know it all right although there are a lot of people out there who think they know it all but guess what you don't you don't and so you got to keep learning
0: exactly exactly uh-huh. and and so tell us about your dog uh, because the first dog jed that you came to me with absolutely beautiful dog and i do believe i've met your second dog uh, on one occasion I'm not sure. If I you, feel like I have. I'm not sure if you have. Maybe, Maybe not. It's but,
1: possible, but, but, but my, my current dog is a, an Australian cattle dog, Blue Heeler. Yes. Uh, his name is Pacho. Pacho. Yes, and, and he is just an amazing dog. Uh, I have never had such
0: a strong connection with a dog. I mean, I've Even got, more so than Jed. Oh, yeah, even more so. And why is that? Why do you have uh, a greater well, connection with this dog more so than, than the other one? Jed was a rescue
1: dog. I got him when he was probably about a year and a half old. Uh, my current dog I raised from a puppy.
0: So. Ah, so you had all the imprinting uh, done by your way of doing things. Absolutely. I, I installed that Bluetooth connection. Yes. Early. Yes, yeah. you put that right into the dog. Oh, yeah. You didn't have to deal with someone else's shit that they put into the dog. Exactly. You know, and no disrespect to people getting rescued dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you were you had greater ability to shape the outcome of your current dog. One hundred percent. Because you raised this one.
1: Exactly right. So we established that bond early, and we've just it's just been strengthening and growing as we've evolved together.
0: And you're hiking
1: with this dog. Oh you're... yeah! Oh, he's an adventure dog. So he's 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 a great hiker. He's a great swimmer. I, I trained him um, on on in the canoe. So he is a he's a he's a expert uh, in the, in the canoe. Uh, so I can travel with him safely there, and we can hit the backcountry together. He's coming with me, you know, on Sunday. Um, So, yeah, he's an amazing adventure dog. He is good to go wherever I want to go, whenever I want to go. He's right there with me.
0: (laughs) Turnkey. Oh, yeah. Good to go. Let's go. And so what are some of his attributes that you like best about him? He's playful. He's super wicked intelligent. Yeah, he's very
1: intelligent, very playful. We play really well together. Uh, And he's just a very... You know, for for a blue heeler especially, he's quite a calm dog. Okay. Right, but so but, he's not
0: wound tight like a Belgian Malinois.
1: No, won. he's not wound tight at all. And 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 really, you know, that's also living with me. That's that's being raised by me, right? We we he, he mirrors me as as dogs yes. do, as you know. Yes. Right. They mirror the energy and in, in, in the environment with, in, in which they're raised. And so I'm I'm a very chill, relaxed guy. And so uh, yeah, you know, he's he he basically mirrors that same vibe. Uh,
0: yeah yeah and because environment plays such a crucial role in the outcome of a dog's personality and
1: temperament oh of course it does you know, and people always want to talk about the, the you know the nature versus nurture yeah. kind of thing, but you know it's it's never one or the other it's always both, certainly is yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. and so you're thinking of getting another dog, or you're just content with owning one dog I like one dog at a time I'm there too, Jason yeah. I've got my lab betty you've seen her yeah. seen the pictures on Facebook, yeah five months old, she is now grown yeah. like a weed yeah i'm I'm, this is the first time I've just had one dog and I'm liking it Yeah, I'm enjoying just owning one
1: dog yeah absolutely I, I like it too now I understand how people like to have multiple dogs I mean um, sure and if you're, if you're a dog person hey the more the merrier to, to an extent but uh, for me just with my lifestyle and how I like to roll one dog suits me just fine.
0: I mean, some of these trainers are almost hoarders when it comes to dogs. Yeah. Some of them are, are like fucking hoarders. They're like yeah. collectors. Like, they've yeah. got more dogs than they know what to do with. Yeah. And a lot of these dogs are getting neglected. Well, this is the thing, right? If you,
1: if you have multiple dogs, well, guess what? You can't be working those dogs or fulfilling all those dogs all the time. You can't. So, it's like, half of them are going to be on ice. Right, or spending lots of time in crates and whatever. Yeah, while the other dogs are out, or depending on how you how you how you run your pack. But um I, I like one dog at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just like just like I, I like one woman.
0: Yeah, all you need is one sweetie. Yes, you're true to her. Correct. <laughs> Um, As I mentioned, you're out of Guelph, Ontario. And congratulations on winning the Reader's Choice Awards again, being voted Best Dog Training School in Guelph, Ontario. Congrats for that. Well, thank
1: you very much, Dave. I appreciate it. And right back at you because you are consistently victorious in in your Niagara region here, Uh, as I am in Guelph. I think I've won the Reader's Choice Awards and the Community Votes Awards like the last six years in a row, perhaps
0: much like myself you must have a lot of veterinarians recommending you to their clients for dog training
1: i do indeed yeah i have lots of lots of vets in the area recommend me lots of rescues in the in the area recommend me um and i have lots of (coughs) vets who actually study and and train with me as well bring their dogs to train with. which
0: is nice because when you get people from the industry and i get that too we get vet techs and veterinarians um they've experienced our training and and so firsthand they've experienced it firsthand so they're you know they're going to recommend us if they're happy with what they're doing well absolutely right and i have there's actually a number
1: of uh rescues here in niagara who also recommend me in the guelph area Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting is the Humane Society, and, and Humane Societies around Ontario also recommend me, except for the one in my own darn city, Dave. Now, why the fuck wouldn't they recommend you? What's up there, assholes? Well, here's the thing, right? Um, the, the Guelph Humane Society actively discourages people to train with me. Uh, and why is that? They don't they, like they, your dreadlocks? They don't, they, they your eyes are too close together? They slander me. They discourage people from training with me. But guess what? It doesn't matter to me because my business is booming. I don't need their uh, recommendation. Or you
0: support. can afford to take the summer yeah. off. Hey, haters are going to hate. Right? Haters are going to hate, and there's no two ways about it. Yep. I've got a couple of haters. I know it's hard to believe. Oh, no. I, I, <laughs> if,
1: you don't, if you don't have haters, you're doing something wrong.
0: You certainly are, man. Uh, so in your dog training school, I know that you offer uh, small group classes, private lessons and you also do in-home training which is a big popular thing nowadays
1: it is yeah like i do i offer all those services i do i like to do uh some in-home stuff as well like house calls is, is is sort of what i do sort of monday to friday i do my group classes primarily on weekends uh, I like to I, I like to mix it up a little bit because that way things kind of stay fresh. I, I, I you know I keep things interesting and mix it up. I get to see dogs in different environments, people in different environments, and, and so that sort of just comes together as, as we start helping them out.
0: Yeah, and now I'm sure, like much like myself, you have some people that are simply untrainable some folks are and I'm not trying to put a dark light on the podcast right now but maybe just for a few minutes not for too long (laughs) but this is the reality I mean we're dealing with human nature so although clients have a desire to have a well-trained dog um, some of the clients are really not cut out for the role of giving their dog the adequate training that the dog requires some people are not going to follow your instruction or my instruction some people aren't going to practice every day therefore they're not going to get the benefit of the training i'm sure you've got some people like that in your caseload as well oh sure Uh, i mean every
1: dog trainer will experience that because as you say that's human nature um certainly people like the idea of a well-trained dog they like the the concept of dog training uh, but when it comes to application, that's a different story. Because guess what? It takes work to train a dog, right? It doesn't just happen uh, through osmosis or imagining it. You actually have to get boots on the ground. You got to get out there with your dog. Yeah, you baby. Gotta, you got you to gotta build that connection. You have to spend time. You have to fulfill your dog in so many multiple ways Right. Training is just one of those ways, of course.
0: Yes. And we'll talk about those other those other components which are lacking in so many relationships between owners and their dogs.
1: That's right. And yep. so, so therefore, you know, people are going to people are, are not going to always follow through with the optimal program. Um, even if we've, if we've outlined it for them and we've coached them on it and we've broken it down step by step in digestible chunks and make it simple. Uh, still people there are people out there who are not going to do it and there of course there are, there are so many people who are because most of the people who are reaching out to us as professional dog trainers are interested in, in, in improving their relationship they're interested in getting that well-trained dog they're interested in doing the work but of course there are some of those people who are not going to be as coachable as we would like for
0: example You know, and and that's the thing is we've got so many great clients and so many great students that are practicing and they are following our instruction and they're getting great results. Yes. And those are the clients that are recommending
1: us to everyone they meet. That's right. And that's also what makes our, our, that's why we like to do our job. That makes our job worth doing is when we get those clients. And what
0: do they say? What's the old saying? If you love what you do for a living, you don't have to work a day in your life. That's right? right. Or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> now you do the group classes, the private lessons, the in-home training. You do obedience training. You do behavior modification as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And you've done. You've you've traveled extensively, and you've done work with rescues. Talk about that. Yeah. So um,
1: I mean, I started. Uh, you know, when I when I started going to the Philippines to train in martial arts, um, I, I got connected into the dog world there. Uh, it started off simply, you know, um, working with some guys that I trained with at the, at the, at the dojo would bring their dogs in after training. I kind of helped them a little bit and it just kind of steamrolled and I got connected into that. I sort of tapped into that dog world. Um, I started working with a uh, rescue organization that had rescued a number of pit bulls. Fifty-four pit bulls from the dog fighting syndicates in northern Philippines, and I spent a number of years uh, working—probably five, five years or so—working with that rescue, doing obedience training, behavior mod, um, you know, just walking and socializing and and that type of stuff with these with these pit bulls. And then I also started, that sort of led into me doing other seminars and workshops for rescue organizations and uh, local dog clubs and that type of stuff. So when I kind of got tapped into that international dog rescue scene, I also got uh, a really sweet gig in India. And I was over in India in 2017. Uh, in New Delhi training a number w- with a couple of rescue organizations there as well. Yeah. as well as dog clubs. Very and, cool and, and, and private uh, dog clients and stuff like that as well. So I love that type of stuff because you, you, know, you not only are you working with the dogs and the people the same way that we do here, yeah. but you also get to experience the sort of the different cultural perspectives on how people live with dogs, how people view dogs. And, and so that I find very interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah and it is it, I mean your passion is unmeasurable. I mean you 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 love it so much and it's very rewarding to. you I don't think you'll ever stop doing
1: it. No, I don't think so either. But I do need a break from periodically because as Just you know... Just because you love what you do doesn't mean you don't need a break from it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like everything that you do, you, you need to have a break. You need to let the fields follow, as they say periodically, right? And, you know, you, you know, in, in the dog training industry, like a lot of other industries, there's a big burnout factor. And when you run your own business, you work a lot. And, and people don't really see the behind-the-scenes exactly. right, that you have to do as well. <laughs> You're dealing with emails and clients and calls and this and that and scheduling and da-da-da-da-da. It all takes time, right, apart from the actual hands-on training. So at a certain point, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm, I run my own business, so I, I work a lot. I work pretty much seven days a week. And so at a certain point, I took the summer off last, last year. And guess what, Dave? There's now no going back. I got to take the summer off every year now. Well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. You're
0: out for summer. You're back in in September, back to school in September. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, much like myself, you are very open-minded as a canine trainer. Mm -hmm. Uh, You use a variety of different training callers. There isn't just one caller that you seem to be more partial over than the other ones. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't just regurgitate the party lines like most people. Yeah, you know, I'm, a, I'm an independent thinker. I understand the science. I I, I, I And I, I, I what works for road. what works for one dog may not necessarily work for the next dog. Well, 100. percent There's no size. The one size fits all, as as we know. So you have to. You, ultimately, you have to work with the dog that's in front of you. And if that dog, if you need to adjust the gear, adjust the gear. It's simple.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No. And so uh, when you uh, when you have a client come for training lessons uh, do you have them uh come for a minimum of 10 lessons or is there a minimum or can they just pay as they go we can do a one and done if you want i, I
1: don't like to lock people in right to to uh you know a number of of sessions uh most i mean that's pretty typical in, yeah in, in the industry yeah that people will lock you in if you want to do private it's okay well you gotta you gotta pay up front for 10 for a block yeah for a block i don't do that you don't need to no, do it no i just like you know what we can we can do one and if we can we can book multiples we can do a block of 10 if you want. Yeah. We, we do whatever you want. We do whatever you need. Ba-
0: basic through advanced obedience training. Absolutely. And a lot of customized training. Oh, sure. Where you yeah.
1: customize the content to what the client needs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can always offer suggestions. And I mean, I can tell pretty much within two minutes of observing a human and a dog what they need or what they what they what they don't have right yeah and so I can definitely fill in some of those blanks I mean you with the with the 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 skills of observation uh, as you know you can you can immediately identify challenges that they're having and, and and help
0: Uh, at our academy we're getting a tremendous amount of young couples Mm. and this is their fur baby Mm. young couples in their 20s or early 30s you you getting the same oh sure yeah yeah
1: yeah, i get the full spectrum i mean i get some old timers and i get the the young folks with their with their fur babies for sure Yeah.
0: yeah and do you find that it's easier to train uh females i'm talking humans or let's use the word Coach, do you find, uh, or does it vary? Uh, do you find it's easier to train the women or coach the women versus the men? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I don't really have. It's any, an individual yeah, characteristic thing.
1: Yeah, I can't really speak to that because it's it's absolutely an individual thing. Do you get
0: children coming with the family pet for lessons? We get a lot of that. Yeah, I, we do. And I, I got to watch my language when the kids are around.
1: Yeah, sure. I know. I, uh, for sure, Fox, I know. And you have you have a hard time with filth with the, like your yes. pelts right? I
0: usually leave it at home so i have more fun (laughs) leave the filter at home
1: Uh, yeah for sure but Uh, yeah which is something that i appreciate about you dave i like you because you just say it how it is right um but but yeah kids come for sure but i don't like the kids to do the handling of the dogs i like the adults to do the handling of the dogs and the kids can watch
0: and this is because you find that it's enough of a challenge for an adult to do the handling?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let alone a kid? Absolutely. That's and, the reason? Uh, yes, that's, that's primarily the reason and my, you know, my classes are, are, are fast paced, you know, we, we do a lot of stuff, the, you know, the information is flying you know, thick and fast and the kids just don't have the attention span Right. The, the, in fact, the kids probably their attention span is getting, becoming more diminished over time. You know, with this TikTok generation, um, so so the adults have a hard time. You know, maxing it out for forty-five to fifty minutes. The kids just don't have a chance.
0: It's a different human being today, isn't it? It is. It's a totally different being.
1: It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, th- these these kids have the attention span of a bird.
0: Yeah or maybe less sometimes <laughs> I was teaching this guy and he kept answering his phone I says is there an emergency or a problem at the hospital mm-hmm. oh no no my girlfriend's texting me I said listen I can't teach you if your fucking phone is going off every five fucking seconds <laughs> give me that fucking phone for yeah. fuck's sakes yeah. and I took his phone and put it in my drawer and shut it
1: uh-huh. yeah Sure. Well, wow. I mean, I, I don't. You know think what I mean? I, I don't think I would go there. focus,
0: but. grasshopper, focus. Sure, I get it. <laughs> I, I do get it. Like they're there to learn something. Yeah, absolutely. Play is a big part of your interaction mm. with dogs, yes, and maybe you could talk about some of those other elements that many people fall short on with their own dog.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, play is a play is a, probably, in my opinion, the the single most important thing that you can do with a dog. Uh, because you know you got to think that you know when you're playing with your dog you're not just messing around you know you're developing a, a productive and interactive uh, you know play relationship with your dog that has so many incredible benefits um, you know so so I mean ultimately you have to you have to, Work with a dog in the way that they are motivated And it's not up to us as trainers or handlers To tell a dog what is going to motivate them They're going to tell you what, what motivates them Good point Right, and so uh, whether that is food Or whether that is play Or whether that is praise Ultimately, again, you have to work with that dog That's in front of you No, no one thing will fit every dog But for dogs who do like to play um, I mean, this is where we can really hit The, the sweet spot right? it's The combination uh, and the merging of play and training together, yes, right. Because typically, if we if when we're when we're training dogs in, in an average setting, say we're using food uh, or whatever as a motivator or as a as a reward, uh, you know, we're training our dogs in a low or mid level arousal level. Right So that means then the big challenge that people have is when their dogs hit that high level arousal, they become adrenalized, they get a dopamine spike, an endorphin rush, their dogs are not used to listening to them. their dogs tune them out, yeah, right because they're not processing information as efficiently. So when we're playing with a dog, well now we have them in a high arousal state. So if we then if they're then motivated to follow our directions, when they are at their most cranked up, that has a lot of real world application that you can, you can get control of your dog or your dog will respond uh, happily to your
0: information when they are cranked up. and your style of training is very spontaneous as well Mm. so you become so interesting and amusing to the dog Mm. that the dog is you know disregarding the surrounding distraction stimuli everything they want, need, crave and desire is deriving from the owner
1: who's training them. Yeah well I mean ideally yes that, that is how it goes right because again one of the big challenges that people have with their dogs across the board is this concept of competing motor Innovators are competing reinforcers, right? Meaning we are always in competition for our dog's attention with things in the environment, okay? And the reason that dogs tune out their humans and focus more on stuff in the environment is because most humans are boring for their dog. And everything else becomes more interesting. Dogs are attracted to movement, right? And so if there's things moving in the environment and a, and a human handler is boring and stationary, that dog, you don't, almost, you don't stand a chance.
0: You just see the dog start to wilt away. Yeah, yeah. The dog wants all the other stuff. Like a flower without water. Yeah, man. Or yeah. sunshine. Sure.
1: So we, gotta, we have to, uh, you know, I like to, like, play is a, is a great way to increase your value as a handler. And, you know, if you do that enough and you are a tried and true source of fun for your dog, your dog will likely begin uh, or continue to avoid <clears throat> or, or ignore other stimulus in the environment to focus on you.
0: I interviewed you another time on a radio show called Dog Talk on uh, News Talk 610 CKTB, which I still host that show Monday nights live to air 6 p.m. till 7 p.m. And I had you on numerous times. One particular time that comes to mind, however, is uh, when I asked you about service dogs. And I remember uh, something that you had said that there are some, not all, that there are some service dogs that that strictly have a life of enslavement to their owners and really aren't getting enough external components to fulfill themselves as a dog. So they're, they're, the dog is limited to functioning as their owner's slave. Talk, talk about that and, and no no bars hold. Sure.
1: I mean, absolutely, I'm, I'm not really into service dogs per se um, for, for just as you described I, I feel in many cases Those dogs are never going to have a fulfilling life experience um, You know, they, they're, they're going to be limited to what they can do They can't really express their essence as a dog And so they, are, they, they live a life of servitude This is why they're called service dogs, man Right, So I'm not really into that. I like dogs to be dogs. I like to I like to train dogs so they can have some freedom in the world. they can be themselves. they can express their essence as that canine being right And so I, I'm not really into the whole service dog thing. Um, in in most cases it's probably not even necessary. It's just one of these things that people like for some. Reason.
0: everyone's gone fucking gung-ho with yeah, service dogs. yeah do you know how many emails I get? in a course of a week yeah. from people saying, do you certify service dogs? Do you train mm-hmm. service dogs? Mm-hmm. Do you train emotional support dogs?
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I get that all the time, too. And, and, and here's the thing. Like, you know, all dogs are probably emotional support dogs in some way. If you have a good bond with your dog, they are highly tuned into your emotional state. You got it. They're, they're taking their emotional cues from you. Uh, so so all dogs, I would say, are unofficially emotional support dogs. But really what people mean when they talk about emotional support dogs is they mean therapy dogs.
0: Yes. Right? There's a lot of confusion uh, there is. between therapy dog and emotional support dog and service dogs. Exactly. It is a quagmire of
1: confusion for most people. You know, they service There's dogs There's a word I haven't heard in a while <laughs> Well, maybe I'm Quagmire, a, that's right sure. It is a quagmire, man let's
0: dust, out, let's dust off these old words and fucking rehydrate them and bring them back into sure. the
1: spotlight Sure, well, I'm your guy for that cause I know I, I bring back some of these old words um, So, yeah, I mean, I, I used to I also worked with uh, Companion Paws Canada Which is a, which is a sort of a part of Lifeline Canada They have their, their, their therapy dog program uh, which is probably the most thorough therapy dog certification program. Legit, absolutely, 100% legit. Um, you know, and they're they're the more have the most rigorous assessment uh, evaluation process. And I was their first guy in Ontario to be to be doing temperament assessments, uh, training, um, certification, and evaluations, and all this stuff for these therapy dogs. So I was in the therapy dog for a number of years, therapy dog world, for a number of years, and I retired from that. Um, for a number of reasons also because I find that you know uh, people who kind of get into that have have so many um, issues with you know personal mental health issues that it just seems some many times unfair to the dog to be burdening them with our our human neuroses and and insecurities and all that stuff. I find that's just too much on the dogs, and so I, I basically quit that, and I'm not really into that anymore. No, nope.
0: You're into more all natural.
1: Yeah, I prefer. I prefer different outlets for dogs. I prefer different life. You know, providing the dogs with much different life experiences than they than they are when they're therapy. You dogs believe
0: they're therapy. stifled. I you're stif- they're stifling. You're I, stifling the dog yeah. by, and you're shortchanging him. In other words, I believe so. I believe so. By limiting them to a life of enslavement yeah. as a service dog. Yeah, absolutely
1: right. And I I'm, I'm not into that and uh, that's why I basically just have no nothing to do with that anymore.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know. You're also an accomplished martial artist. 6th mm-hmm. degree black belt. Yes. Talk about this. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I've been in
1: the martial arts, been doing martial arts my, my whole life. Uh, I do currently have a six degree, a rank of six degree black belt, which is the master level in the Filipino um, martial arts style of Kakoy Kenyete Dose Pares which is one of the oldest original styles of Filipino martial arts that there is I've also got a second degree black belt in another style of, Ooh, of tell Filipino. us about that it's another style of, okay. from, from a different region of the Philippines right. where I've trained um, and so I also have that as well so I have 8 black belts all together um, but yeah I mean I love the Filipino martial arts it's, it's really my passion in martial arts However, I, I, I have a lot of experience in a variety of other martial arts as well. Um, I've cross-trained in everything from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, um, Kung Fu, Judo. Um, you know the list goes on. Um, I I started my I started in boxing, right, and then I eventually I went to into Thai boxing or Muay Thai, and I went to train in Thailand. I uh, did extensive training in Thailand. Um, for that Um, I was over there for seven months at one point I did a professional training camp there Uh, we were training six days a week seven hours a day and which is pretty typical for those traditional Thai boxing camps and uh, so when I when I left there I felt really good about my stand-up fighting skills you know throwing kicks and knees elbows punches all that type of stuff Felt pretty good with that, with that skill set. And then I was traveling in Central America, and I saw guys uh, fighting each other with machetes. And I was <laughs> You're like, like give God. me some of this shit. Well, I was like, well, well, okay, it doesn't matter how good I can throw my physical, personal weapons. Uh, what if someone comes at me with a machete? I got nothing. All right? I got nothing. I can't do anything against a bladed weapon. So... I figured, okay, to become a more complete martial artist, I really need to get a handle and and, and a mastery of weapons. And the Filipino martial uh, arts is ultimately the the best weapons system there is. If you want to learn about uh, bludgeoning weapons, bladed weapons, Filipino martial arts, you cannot touch it. Or how to kill somebody with a flashlight. They're the best. So I went to the (laughs) Philippines. And I went there and I started training, and I trained there extensively for probably 10 or 12 years. And uh, ultimately just got just got my ranks as I went up through the through the, the food
0: chain there. You've made great friendships with these senseis.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Great friends, lifelong friends. Uh, some of my best friends are, are guys that have taught me there, some of the grandmasters. Um, some guys that I that I've I've stayed with there since, since and been and, and visited with year after year after year
0: like family you've got family there
1: Absolutely I do yeah you know, Yeah so I'm, I I I love the Philippines I, I love I love the culture I love the culture uh I love their fighting style I love their food
0: Yes I know you do we're going to talk <laughs> food And now I believe you've expanded their some of the Philippine people that you've met, I believe you've expanded their mind in, in many areas when it, when it comes to a dog and a relationship that you can have with a dog. I mean, I, I think you've been able to move some people yeah, further in possible. their thinking. It's possible. It is possible. Yeah. But yet others... You know, uh, the dog is not a companion animal. I mean, there's that component as well.
1: Yeah, there is a division there between, and, and, and in most countries. Okay, yes, so let's not just, just look, them. No, no, let's keep it real. I mean, like in, in, in Canada, like North America and Europe are exceptional yep. in that our, the dogs for us are family. Family pets, household pets. Correct. In every other place in the world, that is not the case.
0: No, the okay. animals live
1: outside. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're scavengers. They, they're, they're security Right, that's basically what they do. Yeah. Now, now, of course, in in all those places that that I mentioned as well, of course, there are going to be companion animals and pets. Yeah, yeah. Right? People do love their animals, but generally speaking, dogs in in, in many countries, uh, including the Philippines, are viewed primarily as sort of scavengers and security. So, you will see more dogs tied up. On two spending their whole life on a two foot chain, tied up to somebody's doorstep, living their whole life like that, then you will see you know dogs in, in the house being part of the family, right? Uh, so part of that is really quite heartbreaking for me, but it's it's sort of the culture, right? That's how that's how it is. So uh,
0: this is a learned behavior from their parents. Maybe. Well,
1: yeah, it's just how they how they, they how they sort of manage the dogs there. So there's 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 there of course you know and and. That is common, but it is also, you know, especially with the people that I work with there who are dog lovers. They uh, they are awesome with their dogs. They're knowledgeable with their dogs. They so are, some of the folks are oh, into the dogs. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, 100%. Yeah. Just like you'll find here, right? There are people who love, love, love their dogs. Those are the people that I hang out with. Those are the people that I like to work with. Yeah. Those are the people that I train with when I'm there. Um, but but you do see just walking around through the the neighborhoods and stuff. You do see you know lots of street dogs, uh, lots of dogs chained up, and lots of dogs also spending their whole life in a, in a cage. Right. I
0: feel if someone doesn't have the the opportunity, or take the opportunity to, you know, learn about a dog and get close to a dog and develop a relationship with a dog. Uh, I feel they're really shortchanging themselves as as a human being.
1: I, I agree. I mean, we have co-evolved as species, right? So we would we we would be nothing without dogs. Yeah, we wouldn't and, be where we are and, today and, without the, dogs. And, and that's a completely different podcast, oh, but a hundred percent true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, we could go down the rabbit hole pretty deep on that one but but uh maybe for none maybe another time
0: keeping your health you know up up high and keeping your happiness sky high and you're and you're a healthy guy and and you're doing things to improve your health the martial arts the hiking in the woods with the dogs uh talk to talk to my audience about ice baths sure yeah
1: I mean ice, ice, ice bathing is is one of my things for sure uh, I, I'm what you would call probably a hardcore ice bather. Um, it's it's quite popular nowadays, right? It's become more popular through through the the fame of guys like Wim Hof and that type yep, of thing. Yeah, the right? Wim Hof method of yeah, ice bathing. Yeah, the Wim Hof method. And, I, and just to be clear, I'm not a Wim Hof guy. You're not like, a Wim Hof like, f- follower? Was, no, no, not really. I mean... She, You're aware he, of what he does? Yeah, he's, he's, he's cool. He's got his thing going, but I, I do my thing. Uh, in fact... I was I had to look up Wim Hof because I, when I was doing my ice bathing, people were like, "Oh, you must be a Wim Hof guy," and I'm like, "Well, I don't really know much about him," so I looked him up, and I'm like, "Okay, I get it." Yeah. But that's not my that's not my style. Um, so so ice bathing is a, is an amazing thing. I, I use it for multiple things. So of course, it's got phenomenal health benefits, right? we we, we are starting to learn more and more about that now. Um, you know, the, the, the list goes on. Right? So,
0: so talk about some of those health benefits. I know one that I remember you teaching me before when we chatted, and that is to combat inflammation in the body. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it
1: reduces uh, inflammation. And right, we, as we know, like inflammation is a, is a marker for a lot of other diseases and cancer and that type of stuff. So the more we can reduce inflammation, the healthier just generally we're going to be. Um, and it also increases circulation, right? It, uh, it, it, it creates a, a big load of dopamine when you're doing it, which lasts for hours after your, after your cold exposure. Um, you know, an increase in endorphins and all that type of stuff as well. So it really makes you really feel good when you're out, when you thaw out. So yeah, I mean the list like you can your your audience can look look up the health benefits. It goes on and on and yeah,
0: yeah. We could talk for two hours about it. Absolutely, but it's a huge long list of benefit. It it is,
1: but also not only the physical health benefits, but also I use it also as uh, a A mindset,
0: a meditation practically.
1: Absolutely, it is a meditation, but it's also great for mindset training, right? Because in today's society, we're we're just so soft, Dave. Right? We're so domesticated. Right? We have very few opportunities to really challenge ourselves, to really push ourselves physically, mentally, spiritually right? uh, into places where, that are going to be uncomfortable. And so for me, the ice bathing is as much a mindset exercise as it is a, phys- a physical well-being exercise. Um, so you get out there into that cold water, you learn a lot about yourself in that time.
0: Are Talk y- to us about the temperature of perhaps when you started and, and what you're up to now, and what is the optimum uh, uh, temperature for, um, you know, to really get some health benefit.
1: Well, uh, I mean, I, I'm in the water through the, all winter from like October through till May. I mean, all year round I'm in the water, but this time of year I'm just having fun swimming, right? Summertime cooling off. Uh, however, when I'm out there in the winter, you know it's uh, minus 1 uh, sorry it's like sorry 1 or 2 degrees is is my sweet spot i mean that is just you know, that's as cold as it gets without being completely frozen solid, right? So that is, that for me, the colder, the better. My favorite days is when the wind is <laughs> howling, the snow is coming down, the, uh, it's bitter and nasty. Now, some people, some, p- some folks are going to say, you're fucking nuts. Yeah, I hear that all the time, but I mean, that's, that is what it is. I mean, uh, that's probably just a given, but I mean, um... Yeah, I mean the colder, the the more the drastic and intense. You love when I, it's snowing. I love it the best. So when I'm out there in the water, I can just I can just get into my zone. I can do work on my breathing. I can work on my focus, my mindset. I can work. It's, a, it's like a meditation, and ultimately, it's a great test for me physically, spiritually, emotionally. Uh, I love it, love it, love it.
0: Is it the same high, the same your fork sort of feeling each time? Yes. That you're addicted to? Oh yeah. Or is it a greater mental and physical climax? each time you do it like have you plateaued at that dopamine level no. or does it is it just more fucking spectacular each and every time
1: i think it becomes more spectacular each time um, i mean I'm, I'm up to i guess my my record would have been about 17 and a half minutes at, at 1 degree temperature water <laughs> right and, and and put it put it this way you're, you holy know, shit you you know you hit hypothermia between 20 to 30 minutes. So I got, you know, I get out just before that hypothermic stage, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, You're living, you're living on the fringe,
1: just on the edge a little bit. Right. And so, (laughs) um, but so I, 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 I don't always do that long. I, I range between, you know, anywhere from eight to 12 minutes is kind of my average. But sometimes I bump it up to 15, 17. Sometimes I do six. Does your sweetie pie go in there with you? Yes, she has. She she has gone in a few times this winter. (sighs) And after saying that she would never do it, I must be a madman and she will never do it. And guess what? She did it and she loved it. And she actually, she kicked ass, too. She yeah. Did, yeah. she did amazing. Good for her. She did absolutely amazing,
0: yeah. Now, now, if you hold each other closely mm-hmm. in the freezing water, no. that doesn't create any sort of warmth, would it? No. That's no. not any sort of benefit to either or? No, no, absolutely not. And it's an individual And you certainly thing. wouldn't make love in that temperature mm-hmm. of water. No, 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 absolutely not. Because you'd have shrinkage. It's so oh, yeah. fucking no, cold. No, no,
1: it's like, it's, it's, you're in survival mode at that point, right? You <laughs> the show it. is called Unleashed. You're 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 not in pleasure mode. You're in you're in sort of survival mode, right? That's what that's where the body goes. So and and plus we don't go in together. I'll go in. She'll go in separately. You know, so that it's good to have somebody on shore. I mean, you also have to have safety, right? Like a safety protocol in place, right? So we're we're not both in there. Uh, when 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 she's in, I'm on the bank. I'm I'm ready to help her. I got a towel ready for her. That type of stuff. When I'm in there, oh, I'm good. I do it. I, I go. Up, I, I lone wolf it and go up by myself. But I, I know what I'm doing, and I can I can do it. I can kick ass, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, excellent. And so, uh, what about some of these folks that are getting a bathtub? putting ice I mean or a big bucket sitting in a a bucket of ice uh, Yeah, yeah. there's so many different different ways of
1: constructing this absolutely there's so many different like sort of DIY things people do it in like cabinet freezers in their basement uh people use like um you know buckets and like barrels and troughs and do it in their backyard I'm a nature guy so I like to get out into the actual you know natural environment the place that I go is like Gorgeous, you know, spring water and ground ground water-fed pond. The water's crystal clear. You could drink it, and and for me, that's a big part of it as well as being part of that natural environment. As just another way to connect with the natural environment around me. Uh, I'm not really, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't turn down an opportunity to do it in a trough in the backyard. But I prefer the natural world.
0: Now, is it ever so cold that you lose your you lose your functions, like you would urinate or you would go cucka in the water? No, no, no. It's not like that. No, right? no,
1: no, no, never.
0: It's probably good for the bowel and the, oh, and the digestive oh, system. Are
1: you kidding me, man? It's great for everything. It's great for everything.
0: Now, you're also an accomplished uh, musician, mm. a drummer.
1: Yes, um, yeah. I mean, I've been involved in music again my whole life. Uh, but I, and I've played with a number of bands. Uh, I've been uh, part of a group by the name of Echo Deck for about the last 20 plus years. Um, it's with Echo Deck that we have been nominated for uh, World Music Album of the Year twice at the Junos. Beautiful. Um, and so we ha- we have not won either of those Junos, but it was great to be nominated by our peer group and by the industry and, uh, you know, we've done well. We've got seven albums out. We just had a a release in the spring of another album. So we've been doing pretty well. Uh, Since COVID, we haven't done any live performance. I don't really see anything on the radar. So, I mean, music is not a huge part of what I'm doing right now. Uh, Not as much as it has been in other times in my life. Uh, But I could still, you know, I can still throw down and I'm ready to rock. And if I get a call tonight saying, okay, guess what? We got a gig next week. Guess what? I'm ready.
0: Yeah. You're ready to go. Oh, yeah. With anything at any time. Let's go. You're passionate about cooking, much like myself, and barbecuing. And you've got your own series on YouTube. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, I I mean, as
1: part of my personal YouTube channel, I have sort of a sub-series on there called Backwoods Cooking. And in the Backwoods Cooking series... I present, uh, you know, uh, dishes and stuff like this and, I, and, 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 t- and walk you through how I cook it when I'm out in the backcountry. Um, for years, I only cooked on fires, right? So for my, most of my camping life, I only would cook on fires. And yeah. now I discovered the beauty of the Coleman stove.
0: Yeah, the, the, the propane Coleman stove. Propane Coleman. Where you could fry whatever you want in your little pan there. Oh, my gosh. So
1: it's completely changed my world. Uh, I've only been using the Coleman for like say the last three years or so. And so with this, it's just sort of made things very easy for me to 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 cook and then and then film. So we kind of my girlfriend and I just sort of did it on a whim at one point. We said, oh, let's film this and have some fun with it. She edited down the first video. And, By
0: the way, she's a very good filmer. Oh, thank you. or yeah, a videographer yeah, I, 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 would be the term yeah, I suppose. yeah,
1: I think she is too. And so, uh, and then we just—it just we kind of kind of picked up a little bit of steam, and people seem to like it. And I have a lot of fun doing it, whether people are watching it or not. Guess what? I'm just going to do it anyway.
0: You love the Sri Lankan food. Oh my God! And you've introduced me to the Sri Lankan oh, food, yes. and I'm very, uh, you know, uh, beginner with it. Yeah. But uh, but tell us about the dish that you taught uh, Debbie and I to yeah. make, yeah. Uh, just by coaching me through text messaging. Sure. And we went out and bought the bulgogi sauce. Yeah.
1: And uh, go ahead. Sure. So so yeah, I mean, Sri Lankan food is my favorite food. Um, absolutely, 100%. Uh, I'm so excited because on Sunday, I'm, as, I'm, as I'm driving up north, I'm going to stop at my favorite place um, in Vaughan, and I'm going to pick up some, some Sri Lankan takeout to take up camping with me, um, which is really amazing. But the dish that I taught you was not actually a Sri Lankan dish. It's more Fuck, like, and I thought it was. You no, know, you know what? It's more like Korean, Korean okay. in nature.
0: Okay. Right? Because that's the bulgogi sauce yeah, yeah, is Korean.
1: Yeah, the bulgogi or whatever. Bulgogi. Yeah, is, is a, is a is sort of a Korean sauce. It's used for barbecue primarily. And
0: here I thought and I was I dabbling in Sri Lankan food. No, it's not okay. Sri Lankan. But I do want to learn a Sri Lankan recipe from you at some point. Okay. Okay. Um, but the
1: well, the dish that I taught you is basically just a very simple thing that I do sometimes when I'm camping. Uh, basically, it's just sort of some ground beef, some some cabbage, some vegetables. Man, you just fry all that up, put some b- b- bulgogi sauce in there, bam, you're eating in like five minutes. We're
0: buying uh, turkey, ground turkey. Oh, gorgeous. And we're doing some carrots, celery, yeah. uh, peppers, and mushrooms. And we're using the Napa cabbage. Oh, yeah. And... It's a low carb, yeah. very filling, nutritious oh, yeah. dinner.
1: Oh, is it ever! I and mean, then you could put it—you could have it with rice. You could—you have some flatbread with it if you wanted. But just on its own is also is absolutely spectacular.
0: Jason, always a blast uh, sitting down having a chit chat with you, my friend. Oh, it's great. It's my pleasure, Dave. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to bringing you back to the Dave McMahon Dog Training Academy to do some engagement training with some of my intermediate and off leash advanced students bringing you on again as a guest instructor which is nice where I can put down the microphone and and have you come and work with my students they really enjoyed the last time you were there so thank you oh you're welcome I had a
1: great time uh, coming down there teaching you know bringing a couple hopefully a couple of new flavors and a couple of new vibes yes um, so in some new ways to think about stuff to to your students you certainly did you know because I we did a lot of luring right and that and that will cost us down yes we we're luring some very interesting Interesting, you know sort of complex behaviors and behavior chains and uh so so that was i think new for for some of them
0: they really loved it great how can my listeners reach out to you give your social media handle sure so i mean you can find me in, in, in two ways you can find me
1: my my dog training business shoot balanced dog training uh across all the platforms youtube instagram facebook my personal uh, YouTube channel is simply Jason Shoot. that's S-H-U-T-E, and uh, that has the backwoods cooking and a variety of my sort of wilderness adventure and all that type of stuff is all on that one. Uh, My dog training videos are all on my my YouTube channel, Shoot Balance Dog Training, uh, where I have a lot of videos around my international work with dogs and just, like, general dog stuff.
0: Yeah. All right. Have yourself a doggone good day. You too, bro. All right. Actually, I'm taking you for lunch. We're going to go and have some Peruvian oh, food.
1: Oh, I love, I would love to try Peruvian. I don't think that I've had Peruvian.
0: Oh, and the place is called Fork You. Oh. Not fuck you, uh-huh. Fork You. <laughs> and they are phenomenal. Yeah. The owners are going to come on as guests on Unleashed with me right here on 4680q.com or 4680q.ca. So the owners will be on in a couple of weeks talking about their, the uh, the culture, uh, the Peruvian culture, and uh, all the food that they have at their amazing mm-hmm restaurant so yeah. we're going for lunch buddy great and a big shout out to my good friend Mr. Dave Kaufman the whelping box guy for doing the photography I uh, really appreciate that have yourselves a doggone great day this is me Dave McMahon saying toodaloo talk to you next time ciao bye au revoir later